Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the First Time Watchers Podcast. Because we like to watch. My name is Tim Costa. This is Walter Vinci. And joining us tonight from the Simplistic Reviews Podcast, DJ Valentine. Welcome back, DJ. Missed a few of my bona fides. You forgot Die Hard Enthusiast, Avid Skier, Pescatarian. I'm lying. I'm only one of, one of those things are true. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't be ever. Don't ever apologize when you're on our show, please. <laughs> ever. Ever. I, uh, so what's the latest on your podcast? Uh, we're doing a couple of stuff we have right now. We have the, uh, <laughs> feature link commentary for ring of the Musketeers, starring David Hasselhoff, uh, John Reese, uh, Davies and, uh, Allison duty. So yeah, check that out. And we also have our new show coming out next week. So excellent. Excellent. What we usually do on the FTW podcast is find a movie that none of us have seen, watch together and then the discuss. However, in this bonus episode, we'll be discussing the latest Marvel cinematic universe film, Ant-Man and the Wasp. It hey, was up with the fancy pastry. We got to keep the food budget down. Well, what are we supposed to have for breakfast? The oatmeal packets. Oatmeal packets. It's insult. Why is it insult? Because it tastes like sand. You know why? It's because it's organic. No, That's it's why. not organic. It's Ooh, sand. It's you the most important meal of the get, day. You know what? You can get creative it's with it. Break teeth. I'll put a little brown sugar on it. You put some cinnamon. Put a little honey. You, whatever guys, you guys, no, guys, you guys, 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 come on, man. We got bigger fish to fry. Is that my desk? Yeah. What? Why do I have such a small desk? Well, because you weren't there when we were choosing desks. You snooze, you lose. Well, I was under house arrest. Yeah. You know what? This isn't even a desk. This is garbage. You found this outside amongst garbage. I got it at a rummage sale. So you save money on my desk? Guys. Hope, please. We need to focus, all right? We got to find that lab already. Jeez. Just to warn people ahead of time, this will be a spoiler-filled review, so beware. The plot, as Scott Lang balances being both a superhero and a father, Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. The director, Peyton Reed, is back. The actors, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Pena, Walton Goggins, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lawrence Fishburne, and Hannah John Kamen. DJ, your thoughts. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasp seems like to me like a film that's at war with itself. I mean, like it's like it's sweet spot where I, I was most entertained, where I think it works like the most is with the house arrest, Luis Walton Goggins antagonist, funny high stuff. The ghost storyline slogged the movie down into an unfun dark place and a and a bit of into like boring exposition land. And boy, there is a ton of exposition in this film in general, but <clears throat> what is delivered in a fun way through like Agent Wu or Luis. I can accept it. The ghost stuff, I, I did not. And I felt like every scene with that character was like in a different, darker film. Uh, the, these Ant-Man films have been like set up by Marvel to be like the palate cleansers for the MCU, like a shift away from the heavier, meaningful things into lighthearted stuff. And I know Marvel detractors' biggest argument is Marvel films are too lighthearted and fun. But if there's any film in the MCU that should be just fun, be Ocean's Eleven, not Heat, it's Ant-Man. Everything involving the ghost storyline got in the way of that fun in exchange for some desperate, dying character plot with a morose, boring, cliche tale of misplaced revenge. And just, it, it just ends awkwardly. It did th that storyline, I mean, it just, it's like going on a hot date that keeps getting interrupted by her, your date's parents. It's, <laughs> I, I want to have fun with Ant Man, but every time I did, every moment, it's just undercut by the main and I guess antagonist of the movie, where I didn't really want that. 
person to be the main antagonist. I wanted Walton Goggins to be the antagonist because he was having fun with it. She was, what's her name? Hey, uh, Ghost, I forget her real name. Uh, she's from John Kamen. From Killjoys, yeah. She, she's just, she was in a dramatic movie. <laughs> there was no fun out of that character whatsoever, and that kind of undercut the movie for me. Uh, Wally, you sat next to me during uh, the screening, and uh, I did. And and I saw you, and I heard you laugh uh, several times. Yep, there's some good comedy in here. And but overall, this movie lacks a villain. There's no villain in this movie. You can't you can't split the the villainy between Walton Goggins and Hannah John Kamen's character. Like it's one or the other, and they the fact that they're doing like this fifty fifty bad guy stuff, like. I'm with DJ. If the if it was straight up just Walton Goggins trying to get his hands on the the building the entire time, you know, and it's a, a give take kind of you know um, caper kind of chase thing that I would have a lot of fun with, like it was with Yellow Jacket. This movie would have been awesome, but they they like he, like he said they, they completely water it down by sidetracking into this ghost villain, who's by the way Iron Man villain. Not an Ant-Man villain, and <laughs> yeah. feels really out of, and it, it feels really out of place with the whole, you know, phase suit and all that. Something that would probably give Iron Man a run for his money, as opposed to someone like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like it starts off plenty good enough, with, you know, a really fun, you know, action set piece between, you know, the Wasp and Walton Goggins' bad guys, which he's 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 basically trying to punch above his weight as a villain, all right, and. He, he gets every time she try, he tries to go up against her like one on one or any of any of the characters he ends up getting owned and it's it's funny and I, I think that if they played that let that play out a little bit more it, it would have been better but the the lack of a, a, a clear cohesive threat there's no threat from anybody none in this and it just kind of makes it so that the characters are just kind of running around doing things. <clears throat> And I can I can kind of see that point. And I don't think that's terrible that there doesn't seem to be a, a real true threat to anybody's, I don't know, safety or anything like that. Because once again, like the first Ant-Man, the stakes are relatively small. I think they're actually smaller. <laughs> small. Yeah, well, it, it's <laughs> it's hard small. to avoid any puns <laughs> in here. But, I, you know, I, I think they're even smaller in terms of, you know, uh, outside stakes, uh, outside of... Um, uh, Paul Rudd's character's family, you know Scott Lang's uh, family, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, you know, and and even world stakes because uh, uh, what was the villain in the first movie again? Um, Yellow, uh, Jacket. Yellow, Yellow Jacket. Jacket. Seemed uh, it seemed like he could have been a a bigger threat worldwide. Uh, uh, that you know then whatever threat is in this movie it, you know is much more personal, and I like that. You know, I I, I don't mind it. Uh, and you're right about Ghost's character. And the threat there, because, he, you know, once they start James Bond expositioning things, you know, James yes. Bond villain expositioning things, like, it, it, they have the three of them tied up, and they start just giving me, it just spouting all this information. <laughs> the movies, another movie starts. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, well, this could have all easily been established in a prologue, in another scene, or something like that, where where I could get a a better sense of how personal is it because I, I don't think it was necessary to for it to be in this specific part of the movie in order for it to slow down the movie so much and I was just sitting there and I'm like really we're doing this right now this is really weird you know and and uh, I don't know you know and I I kind of have issues with the usage 
of this shrinking and enlarging technology uh, in in this uh, in these characters in this world like the building how does that work how does that even work with when you enlarge it again that there's electricity all of a sudden in the building is it solar panels i don't see solar panels i don't know uh, it's just a, a, a weird uh I don't know thing a, a nitpick I'm I'm hanging up on I guess but um and Walton Goggins you know he's really the the vehicle to in order to get to Michael Pena's more humorous scenes and right. I like how Michael Pena comes back and and repeats a lot of the same stuff that he that made him great in a scene stealer in the first movie because once again he does steal scenes in this movie and it doesn't seem distracting or shoehorned in or anything like that I I. Uh, and he even seems uh, to fit more in with the group because of their relationships and what's been happening and stuff like that. So I like that. You know, you know, you're right. As a palate, palate cleanser, absolutely. This movie technically fits in after Civil War and before Infinity War. Uh, but I absolutely understand people's uh, uh, people's reasoning for having it released after Infinity War is is perfectly understandable, and it is a light fun. It, you know, it's much like the first one in which I'm gonna. F- I've already forgotten to be honest with you. I saw it four days ago. I've already kind of forgotten a lot a lot of the movie, uh, and I'm not saying that's terrible because it's it's exactly what I think it's marketed as. as what it's supposed to be is a light fun romp relatively family friendly i think i don't think there's many yeah. things that isn't family friendly uh it, you know that you can't uh, have you have to shield your your kids eyes or ears from so uh it's good you know i, I like uh, the fbi agent uh, who is always on uh scott's uh, scott's tail you know or trying to make sure he stays home i i like that the actor i've i've seen him in veep and he's very funny he's playing a similar character i think uh, so, you know in, in terms of the comedic beats and whatnot um but yeah and he delivers and he del- his scene where he delivers exposition is funny because they figured out a way to do a bunch of exposition from a movie that you probably you probably have seen, but if you haven't, where it's clever and it's fun, I can I can digest it. Where he's talking to the, to the uh, Cassie and is explaining the events of Civil War, and they do it as a joke. It's like okay, that's fun. But the ghost thing is it's essentially a hey, watch this ten minute clip. <laughs> I know of my of my backstory. It's like oh man, I, I I saw on Twitter Christopher McQuarrie that somebody asked him what's the What's the uh, what's bad exposition? What is your definition of bad exposition? And he said volume. And man, like there's so much people explaining the quantum realm, civil war, Germany. What's Cap's name? Who's Ghost? Here's the phasing thing: the quantum realm again. Uh, uh, Jan Van Dyne. Hey, uh, you should have got caught. It's like it, just have fun. I mean, the Darren Cross stuff in the first movie, it, it kind of brought it to a dark place in that one scene. In the in that, but it's that one scene. The rest of that movie is fun, and that's where this movie should have been. The whole movie should have been him. Uh, you could have even made uh, either Walton Goggins' ghost henchman or ghost Walton Goggins' henchman. Just to take it away from the the, the dark, I- I'm ripping myself apart. I don't, I don't want that. I just wanted a fun uh, heist movie. And every and literally, to, encompassed in that scene where Luis is having that great bit where he does where he um the the characters are saying his his dialogue and it's the one of the funniest moments in the movie and it's interrupted by ghost showing up <laughs> yeah <laughs> to, exactly to stop true. the movie to go back to the sales like, no 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 this should have been the whole this should be the whole movie the whole movie should be them trying to outwit Walton Goggins's character and his organization which we never find out who they are which I was hoping it would have been Justin Hammer but we, we, again we never find out who it is so uh, that should have been the movie 
the whole thing with Ghost and Lawrence Fishman and their relationship. Can you explain to me what happened at the end of the movie with them? Because I still don't understand. Maybe I missed. Maybe I blanked out. I, they're in an alleyway, and I'm not going to leave you. And then you're never seen again. I, <laughs> I don't know. What yeah, happened. my my assumption is they just go into hiding, you know, and try to. Why? Uh, Nobody knows who the hell they are. Why are they going into hiding? <laughs> I have, you're right. You're right. The, hey, you know, but this type of movie, I don't know if it matters. You know, it doesn't matter because it, it's ultimately like most of these movies are just supposed to be fun, you know? And, uh, and you know, I will obviously see them in another movie. You know what would be really interesting in, in Infinity War, which, by the way, there's no way it can be under three and a half hours with information that's been dumped into this movie, into Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't know how you don't make uh, in the next... Um, uh, Avengers movie uh, le- under three and a half hours with this quantum realm shit and like that. Uh, but uh, I would love to see all the scientists, you know, every single scientist that we've <laughs> all seen, in just, a room. just all in one room and, you know, <laughs> bickering between one another. That, w- that would be pretty good. Ah, Tim, you do get that in the comics. They're called the Illuminati. Oh. The Illuminati, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's they're not all scientists. They're all like the head, like Professor Xavier, Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, Black Panther, Namor. That's the Illuminati. You had the Knights of the Round, which was Reed Richards, Doctor Doom, uh, Tony Stark, which were like the smartest people in Marvel Comics put together. But again, that would be fun for about a minute and a half. <laughs> they're like 20 <laughs> yeah, exactly. minutes in, they're like, they're still talking about Quantum Realm shit. And it was like, oh, I don't, I don't. Well, well speaking <laughs> of the Quantum Realm, how do you think that is introduced and utilized in this movie, Wally? What, what did you think about that? Well, I mean, it's introduced in the first movie um, when he first does it. And it, it, it's another, another like side string. Like, again, like, I, I, there's not really a stake in any of this. Well, I mean, other it's, than finding Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, outside of that, that's but that's not really a stake. We got through to this the first movie without her. Fair enough, you know what I mean. So well, that's the point. That in, that... Like, I mean, like, so if even if we're not successful, we only see like Michelle Pfeiffer for a few minutes. Like, true, you have to go now. Like, all right, fine. Whatever. And she has now, this uh, weird side, healing power Michelle all of a sudden. Pfeiffer looks amazing. What yes. does? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer looks oh. amazing. <laughs> She's fantastic in this. Has a lot of step. Uh, no, I agree that she looks great and that she is great for in her brief scenes in this movie. But uh, uh, once again, you know, talk about looking great. The the de aging technology is there. Oh, they continue to just show off. You know, yes, they didn't even need it. I was like, why Michelle Pfeiffer is not, She already looks great, and they're like, no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put it right in your face because the Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell was the worst the, the the worst one. It was the one where I was just like, how the <laughs> that they do that. I know. And then I see this movie, I'm like, holy shit, man. <laughs> what are y'all doing? It's crazy. They also do it with Samuel Jackson and Captain Marvel, which you don't really need. Samuel Jackson looks, has looked the same for the last 30 years, it's but true. whatever, they're using this. I like how they again. they used it on Lawrence Fishburne, and I'm like, am, am I watching something from the early 90s? This is crazy. <laughs> is this fled? <laughs> is this deep cover? What's going on? Here? I know, I know. <laughs> I, DJ, what did you think about the quantum realm and, and how it was used? It's fine. I, again, they never really fully explain it because quantum mechanics. I, I've watched some videos having to you know, try to explain how powerful Ant Man would be, quantum realm, and all that stuff. It is very dense stuff. So the less you tell me, the better. And I know in the skipping way ahead to the after credit sequence that they kind of set up a fit, Infinity War with the quantum realm, with the time traps or the time right. vortex. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think uh, Grace Randolph had made a comment where that's what's going to lead him, Ant-Man, to, uh, to into the next one, is how he's going to escape us through it. I thought that was interesting. But when it comes to the, the the quantum realm, especially the climax of the movie, or I guess the end of the movie, the end of the Janet Van Dyne situation, 
if, I think it would have been, this is me trying to make the movie better for some reason. If, if, if Jada Van Dyne was still, were still using the de-aging makeup on her when uh, Hank finds her, even when she comes out, she's still de-aged. She's the same age, because in the quantum realm, you don't age. Do it like that. And then when she uses her powers to fix what's-her-face, then age her. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, goes. That would have made more sense, because, I, again, do you know? Because I know she said something about her life force would fix Ghost. That would have made more sense to why she kind of sacrificed her youth to fix Ghost. Because I still don't, if, if just, that's not what she did, what the hell did she do? They don't explain it, because you can't explain the quantum realm. <laughs> it's too much information. No, true. True, I guess. Um, and Evangeline Lilly, who we haven't even really talked about in this movie, I think is is really good. I, I, I think that there's... Uh, it seems like there's an equal amount of of action and fight scenes between her and Paul Rudd, and uh, and you know they equally kick ass. Her more so, I think, at times because she's right. more uh, has more confidence in her ability, and you know actually has more control of her abilities to uh, than than Paul well, Rudd. She does. doesn't. She doesn't grow though. I thought I was hoping right. we get a, a Goliath for Giant Man versus uh, Goliath fight sequence that they kind of set up. I thought we were going to see two big people fighting yeah. or Janet grow, but Janet never grows that's, in this that's movie. That's my least favorite aspect of these movies is the giant the man. Is giant man. I, I just don't find it compelling, interesting. I just find the idea of shrinking down with that same amount of power much more interesting to me. Right. So, I don't know. That's, that's just a personal taste. But, uh, you know, when it comes to... Evangeline Lilly, I I just think that you know I, I really like her physicality. I like uh, what she does in this movie. I, I I do do feel. I think I've I've read little tidbits here and there of some people complaining that she might be pushed aside or or anything like that. Do you ever, did you ever get that feeling, DJ? No, I, I, again, I've had a very uh, unhealthy crush on Evangeline Lilly since <laughs> law. So any Evangeline Lilly is uh, it's not enough Evangeline Lilly because I, I I love her. Uh, she is the capable one. Uh, in terms of combat, I think they I think they were utilizing it well better in the first movie where Scott's the one where in terms of getting in and out of situations. But if it's if you're in the situation, if you get caught, Wasp gets you out of it physically. Scott yeah. will get you in and out of a building. Evangeline Lee will fight you out of there. And I think that if they keep that dynamic, she will work. They they will both have their. Uh, sides of a coin because right now a lot of people are saying you don't even freaking need it man Amber doesn't do anything eventually Lily takes out everybody she beats up all the men I, I think if they would have leaned more toward again being a heist movie where Scott is doing something to break something break into somewhere or break out of somewhere and they get in trouble and eventually Lily does her uh, fighting techniques to get out I think that would show uh, their dynamic a little bit better but you, she's a great character, and she's—I want to say—I don't want to say underutilizing this movie because she's in a lot of the, 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 the film. I just—I want more of their stuff because all their stuff I think works. The chemistry between her, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, when they were in the car, the school stuff—that stuff's great. And again, every time some ghost person shows up <laughs> and undercuts that stuff. Every time. Wally, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do actually. I mean, I love the the, the back and forth. Like we've seen. From the very first movie, Scott Lang is a bit of a bumble. He's not incompetent, but he kind of falls into things a little too easily and needs someone to help him out. And that's where that's where Janet comes in and where she has. And, and it's a great little playoff, too, of their powers. Like she can she knows she utilizes her, you know, her growing and shrinking ability to to fight with, you know, where she's, you know, tiny, tiny. The guy goes to shoot, you know, goes to hit her and she shrinks. 
and she gets big again. She punch, 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 shrink, and then comes out of the window, comes back in big. But Scott Lang has more mastery over size control because he went quantum in the first movie. Okay, that, uh, oh, that's yeah. that's what uh, that's what's allowed him to be able to become Giant Man. Okay, is that now he right. has more control over the the shrinking ability. So he's got the he's he's the 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 macro side of things, and she's the micro side of things, where he's the the heavier tool to get things going. She's the fine tuning. Okay, but how how much can you play this out where he is, you know, not fully in control? He is bumbling at times. He isn't. He isn't the the the, the I don't know a core. You know, I don't know. It, like, how long can you play that out uh, until it, it wears on on a viewer? You know, or something like that, or, or stretches on, it believability. On the story, I think. Yeah, I think it I depends think on the. Get them in the right situation. Get them. He's the escape artist. He's the. He's, he's clever. The, He's the clever guy. She is the muscle, essentially. Okay, that's fair, <laughs> I guess. Keep that dynamic and put it in the right element where they need to get something or get out of somewhere or get to something or steal an Infinity Stone. Get them to do that. Don't put them in a situation where they're, you know, what the hell were they doing in this movie? Oh, yeah, trying to enter the corner, trying to put together a machine to whatever. That's why I thought the whole thing was in the lead to where Walton Goggins has the part, then they would have to break into a thing to get the part. Yeah. But that is nope. uh, some uh, taken care of in like half a second. And they don't even sneak into uh, Ghost Slayer to do some cr- crazy They just show up because they have a tracking device. They need to do more sneaking. They need to do. They need to make this continue to be the heist film. And Marvel has done this thing where they make, you know, Captain America is the political thriller, and and uh, you know, uh, God, Black Panther is like the, you know, the Game of Thrones Godfather movie or whatever. And then this should be the heist movie. This should be the Ocean's Eleven. Every time it should be a new. Uh, what new heist is Ant Man and the Wasp going to get into this time? Well, That's what should should be the movie. There is a a smaller heist sequence in the school, which I think is the. Uh, the funniest scenes right. of the movie, <laughs> where he shrinks down to child size, and oh my god, I was he's giggling. not even child size. He is in the most inconvenient size possible. <laughs> it's so <laughs> he's, he's deep Roy size. He's a Lupa size for some reason. <laughs> it's so good, and I was giggling like a oh my god, it was so good. It, I think that is easily the best sequence. Uh, I should say most amusing sequence. Uh, you know, but you know, I will say in terms of Peyton Reed's direction, I think we were all surprised from the first movie that he delivered such an entertaining and interesting film uh, considering his pedigree, you know, uh, and, and he really hadn't done a movie like this before. And with this movie, I don't think he equals the same balance of action and humor. It, like, like uh, specifically, I'm thinking about in the first Ant-Man, the at the end when he's fighting Yellow Jacket on the toy train and you get that, that sequence where you, you're you're down with them and it looks grand and spectacular. And then you, you zoom out and it's just this little train going around a track going, choo, 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 you know, and that's, that's a really well edited sequence, but I don't think there's anything that equals that in this the movie. Chase is the closest you're going to probably get in the, the, the shrinking car to the big car. To shrink, right. that, but it's nowhere near as you're right. It's nowhere near as good as that fighting in the, the, the dog Cassie's bedroom with all the toys and stuff. Right. But that, I mean, how much of that is Peyton Reed? How much of that is, is left over Joel Cornish? What oh, do you mean by true. Joe Court? Did he w- did he start off directing this movie? Yeah, he started off with Ant Man One, and then the, he left the he left the project. Oh, you mean Edgar, you mean Edgar Wright? That's that's right, Edgar Wright. Sorry, Edgar Wright. Sorry, Edgar Wright. Uh, th- that's that's fair. You know whether or not he had filmed or storyboarded that scene. Uh, 
uh, Joe Cornish is in the first movie, and Peyton Reed picked up on it. That that's that's a that's a great point. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But uh, yeah, you don't have somebody on the level of Joe Cornish in, uh, uh, starting off with this movie or anything like that. So um, I don't know. Is there anything else, DJ, that you want to mention? Like, where do you think this leads to? You know, we saw you you briefly mentioned the the mid credit scene with uh, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer disappearing to Ash. Do you think? Do you think uh, Evangeline Lilly has disappeared? Or do you think she's going to yeah, go I and find? Yeah, I think they're all dead. They're all th- going in this movie, I thought, what would motivate Ant-Man to help them? And I thought uh, it was going to be Cassie. Begin that, that's a little shout-out. I think of all the child actors and all the Marvel, I think she might be the best because every scene with her and Paul Rudd, I think, works. And it's very easy to have a child actor annoy the crap out of you <laughs> like or piss you off or like oh, make you roll your eyes. I think that father's daughter dynamic for me anyway it worked really well I and i thought she was gonna get dusted and that would really motivate uh scott to help hmm. and maybe even whatever but doing i guess is i guess you don't want to end a movie with a, a, a little girl dying so <laughs> they got rid of <laughs> they got rid of uh you know the the pims um and there's a lot of set photos from the new avengers movie which uh, if you don't want to know anything about it they kind of allude to time travel and Spoiler alert, I guess, Tony Stark is old and stuff like that. So I, I think that's what's going to happen. Again, Quantum Realm stuff, you don't it, – it's almost alternate reality. Time is a flat circle sort of stuff. So I, I, I think Ant-Man is going to be very, 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 very important in the, in the next movie, at least to get things back to where they are. The final battle will probably not be him, but I think to regulate everything, to bring things back to, you know, not everybody, spoiler alert, dying – Ant-Man's going to be responsible for that. What about you, Wally? What do you think? Uh, I see this being the catalyst to undoing Thanos. In the Infinity War comics, uh, you had Adam Warlock in the Soul Stone uh, disrupting the harmony between all the other stones by uh, being in that that stone realm. And now that Ant-Man's in the Quantum Realm, he finds Gamora in the Soul Stone. He comes across her because of this Christ, the weirdness wow. of this realm. And that's what's going to ultimately undo things. He's that's how he's going to come back to. That's right, Adam Warlock. But isn't Thanos also in the Soul, the soul Stone? That's no, he's sitting, they, on a pl- he's sitting on Titan watching the sunrise. From what I read, that if you watch the orange hue of where he is, he might actually also be in the Soul Stone. He can't because he had, he'd have to he'd have to switch somebody out. They have you have to kill somebody to get the Soul Stone. He still no, has to it get, on his hand. To, he's, to he's get the it. Soul Stone, but to go to visit because he's at the end of the movie he's talking to Gamora. And they're in this orange hue, which I'm assuming is them talking in the Soul Stone. I could have swore I read somewhere where one of the writers had mentioned he's communicating through the Soul Stone, but I don't know if he's in it or not. I gotta watch that scene again, but look it up. But I, I, if if Ant-Man's in there, you're talking about. But I think that I think him watching the sunset, he's not in the Soul Stone. When she she, that scene where she's like, "How much did it cost you?" and he goes, "Everything." That that scene I think is in the Soul Stone. The scene where he's on. And Titan. I don't know if that's real. We won't be able to know. I think that this is where this is going to go. You know, you mentioned Adam Warlock. I think he was uh, uh, mentioned in Guardians Galaxy Volume 2 is what it was. So this is what I mean is I don't know how the next Avengers movie is under three and a half hours. (laughs) Bringing all these other people. If it's a good movie, as long as you want. I don't care. I agree. I agree. Uh, Is there anything else to mention before we get into grades? Are we good? I mean, it's a late movie, so there's not much to get into, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, there's not really much meat to to you know pick on this. I mean, I, I, I you know still parroting off DJ is it, as an Ocean's Eleven thing. I think that 
especially the characters of like Michael Pena and his two associates, uh, yeah. T.I. and... Um, Creepy guy. You know, from, I can only uh, think of him as like, the laughing man. <laughs> from the Dark Knight, yeah. Rachel yeah. Dawes assassin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, like, their banter with, with Walton Goggins was great, where he's like, that's truth serum. It's not truth serum. That's no, great. Man, that's, that's truth serum. It's not truth serum. No, that sounds like truth serum. <laughs> That is pretty good. Uh, all right, I guess we a shining moment too. With the, when the bad guys are ready to pull their guns, they come out of nowhere with tasers, and they're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> I, I did find the article. It's uh, written by Allison Keen that the directors confirmed that she that the scene where he's talking to her is the soul uh, is the soul stone. The scene on Titan. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep on reading, but yeah, just look it up. It's it's, it's online somewhere. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a read. Fair enough. Uh, all right, let's get into grades, DJ. Um, it's half a movie. <laughs> it's half a movie I wanted to watch. Uh, God, I'll, I'll say B minus, C plus, C plus, C plus, C plus. You sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, C plus. Because I was like, well, I really like the parts I like. I really like, but it just infuriated me that it kept getting like undercut. <laughs> so it's like a, a comedian on stage and a guy heckling him. It's, the ghost is the heckler of this movie. So no, I'm gonna say C plus. Yeah, I'll give it a B because I enjoyed it. I had a good time while watching it, even though it's relatively forgettable. It's still, you know, good romp. Uh, you know, midsummer action film. Uh, only, only a couple of weeks before skyscraper, which is uh, which is gonna be, <laughs> which is gonna be the one. But uh, yeah, I'll give it a B, Wally. I give it a solid B as well. I. I... I, I really think it's watered down as a movie because of the lack of you know a strong villainous presence to overcome. Uh, but yeah, it's I mean the the fun parts are a lot of fun. Oh, someone um, the one thing, the one thing I wish they still kept in was the <laughs> from the commercial where he yeah. gets big by the fairy. Oh. it's not it's not in the final cut, and I would have loved to have heard that um, because we had a really animated audience. When True. that end credit scene came up, everybody oh. behind us See, lost their shit. D- D- DJ, maybe you can break this down for me. Is is mm. people's reactions to Infinity War, the ending of Infinity War, and the ending, the, the mid credit scene of this movie, where I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, going into Infinity War, coming out of Infinity War, I'm like, nothing matters. Nothing matters because it's a comic book. It's a fucking comic book film. Anything can happen. <laughs> Anything can happen. People are not dead. And then, and then the mid credit scene in this movie, where people have it going like what i'm like you're kidding me you're kidding me have you ever, have you ever watched wrestling uh, yeah. uh well when i was young yes i grew up yes and it, it's it when you well you grew up i mean sometimes it's the journey man i keep telling you this if you get wrapped up in these characters you a lot of these people uh they're watching these movies now grew up with iron man grew up with captain america grew up with black uh, not black panther excuse me uh thor captain, and yep, hulk yep. grew up yep, with these yep, characters yep. so they, watching them perish or not perish, even though they, it's pretty obvious they're going to come back, Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's still kind of like, for that brief moment, you're kind of like, oh, that's where they're taking the story? Oh, so if, 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 if you know, you're, your reality is getting in the way of your entertainment. You need to learn how to let go of reality just, just a little bit, just a little bit. Just enjoy the journey. See how they play this out as a story. Don't look at it as, oh, because excuse they're me, Excuse me, DJ. DJ, DJ. Geostorm is the greatest film of all time. <laughs> 
no, 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 no. Do not bring up Geostorm, okay? No more Geostorm talk. So when you talk to me, when you talk to me about, uh, you know, separating. That's a different form separate. of separating reality. That's a different form. You're, you're separating from your logic, your, I, your moral compass, someone, your everything. Someone explain to me about the giant ants that help everybody, you know, construct everything and 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 work. Like, like was that was that shown in the first movie? I don't remember. Yes. They can control the ants. To I, do things I, I gotta admit that's kind of dumb. Yeah, for as as many. It's a kids. You guys are yelling at me about these Marvel movies being kids movies, and I I, I fought back. But then I said the one movie that is allowed to do this is this movie. This is Honey I Shrunk the Kids uh, in Marvel's fair. Uh, fair. That that scene with the seagulls was cracking me up. That was funny. <laughs> he's like, he's like, to my side. Yep. Damn it. <laughs> All right, another one. Yep. Ah, <laughs> yeah, you murderers. Right, right, right. Now this was in Captain America: Civil War. I would agree with you. This is stupid. But it's Captain America: Civil War. It's a political, like, like a really, uh, it, the stakes are higher than you know. I gotta get out of house arrest and fight Walter uh-huh. Goggins. This movie's supposed to be more fun and lighthearted. However, so, I I do appreciate the ant taking the place of Scott Lang in the house house arrest. That, that's pretty. You got no problem with drumming ants, but you have a problem with <laughs> ants building things. Look, I never claim to be consistent, DJ. I never claim to be consistent. <laughs> Ten times their own body weight, Tim. You could have them yeah, put all man. sorts of pieces in. Yes. They come in handy. I would love to have a bunch of giant ants working sure. for them. Absolutely. You bet. Okay. All right. DJ, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Where can people find you online? Uh, all of our stuff can be found on simplisticreviews.net or search simplisticreviews on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, whether, whatever platform suits you. We're on all of them. All right. That does it for this bonus episode of the First Time Watchers podcast. Please download our episodes at iTunes. Feel free to leave a review. We love feedback. And stay tuned for our next episode. We'll probably be discussing something very interesting. That's the First Time Watchers podcast because we like to watch. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. home does not suck it's awful it is the worst star trek by far have you not seen the one where they fight god i just watched that i just watched that last night and i would take that 10 times any time over the voyage home the voyage home is a terrible fucking movie (laughs) it's awful Voyage home is great for the simple fact that you have william shatner saying double goddamn on you sir no that's amazing no it's awful (laughs) It's the worst. Just, it, I I don't know if you've noticed. Obviously, you actually you have noticed on Twitter that I'm I'm revisiting all the Star Trek films. And yes, you skipped over the, the one of the greatest films of all time, in Wrath of Khan, which is the greatest film of all time. What do you mean I skipped over? I've watched it. Of course, I watched. Oh, it. I'm watching them all in, in order. I just saw I saw a motion picture, and then I saw you watching Search for Spock, and I'm like, yeah. Wrath of Khan. <laughs> this is that's a, that's in my top ten favorite movies of all time. I love it's that movie. Amazing. Yes. You, yes. I, I don't know you, but you. <laughs> I never forget the face. I love, I love Rathcon. It's great. Uh, oh, it's great. <laughs> Botany Bay. Botany Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fucking movie. It's so good. I, dude, I can watch Rathcon like any day, any time. Any, now I just want to watch Rathcon. Can we just talk about Rathcon for like two hours? Let's just talk about Rathcon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is, was the most human <laughs> it's so good it's so it's good. good now uh it, it, what is what does he say after human is he say something because it sounds like he's he, about he's about to uh i think he's choking up yeah it sounds like just, i ever met or something like that 
No, I think he, I, I think he was just choking. I, maybe I gotta watch it again. I haven't seen it in about I don't know two weeks. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just choking up because he goes, "His was the most human." Yes. And the, like he's like, uh, 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 and then it's kind of going with it. <laughs> yeah. But maybe he, if he's saying something, I am unaware of it this this entire time. But yeah, man. Uh, until it, uh, Wrath of Khan is so good. And then Voyage Home, I like just for the simple fact that. It was like, hey, they're back. They're together again. Because the thing is, is kind of so dour and no. the team is separated. They don't even got the ship anymore. Then they blow up the fucking ship <laughs> and then nobody's together. It's like, oh, they're back. What are, the wor- here. Oh, what are the worst things? If if the ship is truly like a character, it, it, you know, yeah. an essence of the show, of the, of the series, they s- barely spend any time at all at the end of that movie reintroducing you to the new ship. It's just like, oh, look what they made for us. Even after they reprimanded us and demoted me and gave, they're, they're giving me a new ship. Okay. We're back home. Oh, it's like, the, the, that's the happy endings that Worst. they traveled around Awful. time, around the universe. It doesn't even, and they, they okay. ended back home. Okay, how about that's this? The, how about this? Uh, they can't specify what, date they go backward you know go back in time but for some reason they end up exactly where they came from fuck this movie. look 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 if you're gonna get into time travel oh. fucking we can be here all day on time travel I, terminator no, i back agree to the future i agree the future past. i agree <laughs> but you know when you when you lay out some certain parameters and rules and you don't leave it ambiguous then then fuck that I fuck got, this movie i've got one rule when it comes to films never think too hard about time travel Never do it. And you're going to get ready because when Avengers comes out, the next one, you're going to have to deal with time travel again, too. So oh, believe just me, don't, I know. don't get in. The, the closest I've ever seen to a perfect time travel movie, Back to the Future. It, oddly, is Days of Future Past. And I, okay. I throw away Primer because I'm not a fucking weirdo. I'm like, I can't watch that movie yeah. more than. No, it's too weird. But Days of Future Past actually like. I was like, okay, all right. If you send a consciousness back instead of the body back, you're not having two Marty McFlys. You have one Wolverine. That makes more sense to me than Terminator, which makes no fucking sense, but we still buy into it because we love it. Uh, Voyage Home, which is go around the sun. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> Superman 78, where like apparently he's going <laughs> fast in the speed of light and he's changing the world. Whatever. All these time travel movies sure. are flawed. But I mean, I agree. you know, I, I just, 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 just let it go. That's you got Scott, you got Scotty talking to a mouse. Awful. Going, the worst. Look, computer. Look, <laughs> computer. It, comedy is is the most objective thing. I can never argue comedy with anybody. It's pointless, you know. But for me, in the Voyage. Um, in the final frontier, all the comedy works so much better because it's it mostly huh. surrounded around the three of them. You know, the the right. core characters and their interactions, and and Spock's uh, inability to show any bit of humor from his from his human side, and 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 Bones playing off of that. So all of that works so much his, better. For his me. brother that we just happened to just oh by the way. I have a brother. <laughs> what? Mother, motherfucker, we've known you for like 30 years. Oh, I have a brother? That's why I'm watching a new Enterprise show, and it's, oh, she, oh, he also had a ward sister that was black from Earth. We, it didn't hurt me as much because, well, they Sarah fell out of the fucking sky. Why not fucking this person? Michael Benjamin, whatever the fuck her name is. I don't... <laughs> I, I, when it comes to Final Frontier, I, I laugh at the ridiculousness of it, but I, I, I think... If it's not Nicholas Meyer, it's like because uh, you've, you've seen Undiscovered Country, I'm assuming, maybe. Oh yeah, of course. Undiscovered Country is where it, it it's the closest to Wrath of Khan you're gonna get out of all sure. those fucking movies. I agree. It's the closest you're gonna get. But Voyage Home is kind of like a you know, movie we're gonna talk today. It's just <laughs> just a fun 
cotton candy. The crew is back. Hey, there's a horror. You, you, Scotty. There's Chekhov. He hit his head. He's okay. It's it's oh, just, you know, God. fun. Search for Spock is like, fuck, everything sucks. Your son's dead. Fuck you. Your ship blew up. Uh, fucking Bones is crazy. Uh, Christopher Lloyd's a piece of shit. I, I just felt like depressed watching Search for Spock. Hey, that's fine. I don't mind depressed. And, <laughs> you know, and when it comes to the, the Final Frontier, that movie is more about the identity, the regaining of identity for Spock than than the voyage home is for me. There, there's barely right. five minutes spent on regaining his sense of identity and who he is and self. And I, I just like, this is terrible. Final Frontier also felt like a TV show more, more even though Voyage Home, you may not like it, it still felt kind of like a movie. Final Frontier no. felt like one of those, kind of like how Star Trek Beyond feels like a really good episode. It doesn't feel like a really good movie. <laughs> but I, for me anyway, I, I it just, the Sarek thing bothered me. I was just like, wait a minute, man. Cybok. 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 I keep going with Sarek. Sorry. Cybok. It's probably I can't remember his fucking name because he comes out of nowhere. Like, oh, by the way, Spock has a brother. I he's like that betray. because he's he's a a Vulcan who has who has shunned uh, his his uh, his upbringing and the core Star beliefs. He has no records of Cybok. Spock is a fucking founding member of Starfleet. They have no records of his family. Get the fuck out of here, man. Everybody would I'm not know saying it's shit. a perfect movie. I I think it's it's interesting that he is conning people uh to search for the greater meaning uh and he essentially cons people to get a ship uh to get him off uh of a rock and the being that he meets that he thinks is God is trying to con him to use his ship for the same reason. I, I find that interesting. Yeah. There's one thing I take out of that movie that I really like and it sticks with me uh, to this day when it comes to Kirk. Because I'm more of a Kirk person than a Spock person, though I love Spock because I think logically. But I love the line he says at the end of the movie, whereas um, Bones is like uh, asking him a question. He goes, well, I wasn't afraid because I, I, I knew I wasn't alone. Or something. I, I, I know I'm going to die when I'm alone. Yeah. That thing, that thing I like a lot because it comes back in Star Trek Generations because when he... Right, Somehow. I thought about that. When he dies, he dies he alone. Dies, dies alone. Yeah. That, that part I really like out of that whole. If I could take anything out of that movie, it'd probably be that their Yosemite conversations by the campfire. The foretelling, the foreshadowing yeah, yeah. of future. Even though they didn't even have any clue that it was going to be. Now, I'm going to be in a movie, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to be alone, and I'm going to die. Yeah, no, I know. Come That's... on, you bastards! <laughs> Him yelling at the fucking shit. It's just some weird shit going on in that movie. <laughs> Why not yell at the ship? Come on, they have they have. Uh... Come on, you Klingon bastards! <laughs> it's interesting how they really carry on his hatred for the Klingons uh, throughout. You know, essentially they didn't need Klingons. They killed in this... his son. They killed his oh, son for no, Christ yeah, shit. yeah. It's it's great. It's great how they That's carry how it through. Discover country when fucking Spock is like, yo, yo, we, you, you, they'll die. Let them die. <laughs> I love that shit because like, that's fucking Kirk right there. Because you completely understand, he killed his son for nothing. Fucking Christopher Lloyd murdered his son. For nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that would make me fucking hate Klingons forever. Ain't no fucking speech Spock's gonna give or no life lesson I'm gonna learn from fucking Iman and the shapeshifter that's gonna make me not hate Klingons. Nothing. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Iman, nice. Wow, that's a good one. That's what I got coming up next in a couple of days that I, I forgot that's about good, Iman. Oh, yeah. Great fucking Christopher Plummer. Uh, don't wait for the time. Oh, Christopher Plummer. Plummer. I love Christopher Plummer. He's great. Showing the scenery. <laughs> fucking, fucking bolted uh, eye patch on. <laughs> I had to do an impersonation of him for a skit, a sketch we were doing. So I watched that scene just to get the voice <laughs> because I was like, "Where is a good Christopher?" Was that a Dragnet or Undiscovered Country? I'll go Undiscovered Country. <laughs> <laughs> nice.